Hi, and welcome to the first episode of the Legal Cheek podcast. My name is Eloise Skinner. I'm an associate at a US law firm in London. And I'm here today with two other solicitors, Kaylee Leone and Ollie Haddock. We're basically just going to have a chat about purpose, passion, what makes a legal career worth doing, well-being and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I'm going to give Kaylee and Ollie an opportunity to introduce themselves first. So, Kaylee. Yeah, so I'm Kaylee Leone. Um, I'm a solicitor specialising in employment law at a firm here in the city. Um, I'm also a trustee of Law Care. Uh, which is a registered charity which supports good mental health and well-being in the legal profession. Um, I've undertaken research on behalf of the Law Society of England and Wales into the levels of stress and mental health experienced by junior lawyers in the legal profession. Um, and I've also produced uh, best practice guidance on behalf of the Law Society on supporting well-being in the workplace. It's a long list, <laughs> not just a solicitor, CV, many yeah. other things. Ollie, can you top it? Um, not quite, not quite. I'm, a, I'm also a solicitor at a city firm. I specialise in commercial and regulatory disputes. I'm also the chair of the London Young Lawyers Group, which is uh, Law Society affiliated. It's one of the uh, junior lawyers divisions um, bodies in London. And I'm the chair of the London Young Professionals Network, which is a connection of different networks in London, um, designed to basically encourage cross-industry networking. Awesome. Um, and obviously you guys are incredibly accomplished lawyers, but the first question, I was trying to think of a good icebreaker question for you guys, if you weren't a lawyer, what would you be doing with your life? So, Kaylee, what would you be doing if you weren't a lawyer? Well, this is going to be a very boring answer. Um, but when I left university, I was so convinced that I had no chance of pursuing a successful career in the law that I didn't even bother to apply for a training contract because I'd completely written myself off. Um, so I moved back home and I took up a job with a firm I'd been working with during my university holidays to start my accountancy training to become an accountant. Um, and it was only when one of my very good friends, sort of a couple of weeks in, sat me down and said, Kaylee, I really don't think you're doing what, what you want to do. I don't think your heart's in it. Um, and I had that realisation that actually I had walked away from a legal career and not really given it my best shot. Um, so I think had I have not become a lawyer, I would have carried on with my training um, and I would probably be an accountant like my dad and my sister and my brother, who's also training <laughs> to be an accountant. So yeah, I think I would have uh, uh, followed my, uh, in my accountancy genes, which I clearly have. <laughs> I'm a tax lawyer, so I'm not too far away from that very boring <laughs> alter ego that you've just described. Okay, Ollie, what would you be? Um... I think I have to have the aspirational one, uh, which would have been the actor. Uh, I did a lot of acting when I was younger. I can see it. Yeah, <laughs> well, some people say it. I still do in the press anyway. But um, yeah, fun fact, I was actually, I had a non-speaking extra role on the first episode of Black Mirror. But I did have a close-up, wow. so that's pretty much the same as, a, as having a line. That is <laughs> that's very so cool. so impressive. How did I never know that? Fun fact, yeah. Everyone keep has it to, to myself. go back and watch that now and find a screenshot. Um, yeah, if you can see the screenshot, <laughs> right in. Um, cool. The real answer, realistically though, I did an international relations undergrad and the pipe dream, I guess, when I qualified, also when I got my degree, was to go into human, uh, international relations, human rights, refugees, all that sort of stuff. What do you specialise in now? Um, commercial regulatory disputes, uh, okay. yeah. Um, a little bit of white collar as well. Yeah, nice. 
Okay, so I my favourite question for lawyers is kind of about passion and purpose within a legal career. Because I think, well, you mentioned human rights, and that's maybe one of the careers that people think about when they're coming into the law. Like, the biggest question I get when I tell people I'm a lawyer is like, oh, you stand up in court and you, like, defend people. Or that's the kind of conception that people have. So what would you say makes you passionate about your particular area of law? Because I think it's a, it's a more difficult question when there isn't a sort of obvious like easy answer to it and I think as lawyers we do have to kind of think about what keeps us sustained in our careers over a long period of time so maybe Ollie you could tell us like what makes you passionate about your career in law? Um, I think the really interesting point you made was about your particular field and the field really does, mine does appeal to me more than anything because um, you often hear people talk about creatives that are maybe in media and all those sorts of industries and that professionals aren't the creative type but I love the tactical elements of a case. You know, coming up with how to beat the other side is not just always about uh, the case law. It's sometimes trying to avoid getting to a courtroom or the negotiations. And I love the tactical side to that. Um, and I'm quite competitive. So um, <laughs> even if it's just sort of getting an extra inch in negotiations or sort of making sure that my argument beats someone else's argument, I love all that sort of stuff. And has that always been the case, like right from when you started as a trainee or has that developed and changed over time? I think... Certainly those two elements have always been the case. Um, They're my personality rather than anything else, so that's always been there. And that's probably what drove me into a disputes field. Yeah, that's cool. So your advice, I guess, would be if someone was trying to find their passion, would you say, like, look at the things that really make you who you are and see if you can find elements of those? Exactly, exactly. I think what um, Kelly was saying earlier, that clearly if she was looking at accountancy, maybe they're sort of things that are in you anyway, they're Mm. innate features. So, yeah, certainly look inside first. What do you reckon, Katie? Similar thing or...? Yeah, so at university I did a an employment law module um, and I focused my dissertation on the Equality Act looking at religion and belief um, and I absolutely loved and was really passionate about discrimination and equality and diversity and for me employment law encapsulated what I was really passionate about and took it into the sort of legal sphere um, so for me it was combining two really good elements of things I enjoyed into sort of one um, and employment law changes so quickly um, and that was another thing I really wanted was an area of law that wasn't stagnant where things changed a lot and it wasn't lots of the same types of things occurring all the time um, and I think like Ollie said he's competitive in nature I'm quite nosy in nature I like I like you know I like re- I like reading reading up about what people think and what they're doing and you yeah. know that element of litigation and having a read through all of the disclosure bundle and everything like that really excites me and putting witness statements together they're all things that I really enjoy um, and employment law was one of those sort of areas where you could really get you know get your teeth into something and mm. and learn about how people behave at work and you know how how employers treat people and for me that was a really interesting area yeah it does kind of have that human element to it where it's like I want to know what these people are thinking and like how they're reacting to stuff um and I guess like that idea of discrimination is obviously one component of being well at work but um the other work that you do aside from the like employment and that that kind of thing is about well-being at work in a more holistic sense Mm. and obviously you are like incredibly um have a lot of expertise in this area um but maybe you could tell us a bit about your report and the work that you've done for the law society which if people haven't um already read about they should definitely go and maybe you can let us know how they can find yeah um so back in 2017 i put together a 
short survey uh, that went out from the Law Society, uh, specifically for junior lawyers, looking at firstly levels of stress in the legal profession and secondly um, mental ill health. Um, the results that we got back were shocking. Mm. Over 90% of junior lawyers said that they'd experienced stress at work, with a quarter of those saying they were severely or extremely stressed, um, which was quite an alarming set of statistics. Yeah. Um, in the survey that took place in 2019, one in 15 junior lawyers said that they'd experienced suicidal thoughts as a direct uh-huh. result of experiencing stress at work. Um, which really is really shocking. Um, and the, the types of things people were citing in terms of what was causing that stress was high level of workload, their clients' expectations, lack of support and ineffective management. So most of those things are within a law firm's control to be mm. able to change. Mm-hmm. And then in relation to mental ill health, this really did change quite, quite significantly over the three years of the survey. So in the first year, only 26% said that they felt they'd experienced a period of mental ill health in the month leading up to taking, month leading up to taking the survey. Um, in the second year of the survey, it went up to 38.5%, and then in 2019, we're up at 48%. Wow. So that's almost one in two junior lawyers. Um, and only one in five of those had actually told their employer about it. Uh, yeah. Um, what do you think that was about the rise in the figures over the years? I don't know whether there's, there's a, obviously a lot of talk about it everywhere now mm-hmm. and it's becoming much more of a, an openly discussed topic there's you know much more media coverage there's coverage you know in all sorts of different industries and we've seen the coverage yeah. in the football this week um but I think people are becoming more confident in talking up about mm-hmm. it and I think as yeah, the survey definitely also I think grew more of a willingness to yeah. not own up that makes it sound but it, you know just to speak about it and sort of stick your hand up and say this is something that I'm suffering yeah from. and I think we really are starting to tackle the stigma and people are prepared to sort of put their head above the parapet and say that they're not able to cope or they're struggling and they need yeah. support um, but I certainly think uh, I guess law isn't getting any easier and we are still having to manage our you know our home lives alongside our work lives Mm -hmm. and we are a generation where we want greater work-life balance and we are prepared to challenge things where we're not happy with them so where you know for generations perhaps people have been prepared to sort of work in the law you know very long hours not very flexibly things are now starting to change so I think there are sort of positive steps happening. I was um, was speaking to someone uh, uh, in the legal industry of a different generation and trying to explain actually some of the well you've done uh, and they were saying but in my day no one had these issues and the point that I made was well they did they just didn't yeah, talk about it they definitely so. did yeah and I think also one thing that can happen in law firm culture is that you're so because the hours tend to be quite long you get very immersed into a certain type of mm. culture and you almost like forget that it is a bit of a bubble sometimes like mm. working in you the city or like it. yeah mm. working in law yeah and it starts to become like the new normal and you just adjust to that and then it's often when you're trying to match those demands with like external things like your family or you know just people from outside of your like circle yeah. that you yeah, start yeah. to see like oh wow <laughs> like, this isn't necessarily the way that everyone 
like works or you know stretches their working life but I think your report is like super helpful because it's very practical and it's kind of things that people can actually do mm. and sort of like guidance that it's for employers right but it's yeah. also helpful to read as, yeah. a, as a junior lawyer yeah. I think so the guidance came out firstly in uh, 2018 on time to talk day and it was aimed uh, at employers on how they could build their well-being strategy internally giving mm. them pointers around three core pillars so support culture and then lastly education and training um, and the law society asked me to revise the guidance and it was uh, relaunched uh, on world mental health day back in october um, but it does include lots of really helpful information for for individuals as well um, it is designed to be a kind of working document for a, for a law firm to be able to work through each of the steps from whether they've started with a well-being plan or whether they're right at the beginning looking to put something together to take them sort of through their journey of different recommendations they can think about um, but it is really helpful from an individual perspective to read it and you, there's lots of takeaway points in there about setting your own boundaries and things you can do for yourself yeah there's also a sort of really helpful double page spread at the back um, about different types of behaviors you can look out for in your colleagues if you're sort of recognizing signs that are concerning you um, for example if someone who's always on time starts coming in late if someone starts forgetting things if someone starts become unnecessarily irritable about you know deadlines or other things that they're not normally doing to mm. actually stop and think actually they're displaying quite a few odd behaviors for their personality I think I'm going to go and have a chat just to check everything's okay um, yeah. and it plays out two cartoons of how to approach a well-being conversation with someone. I was someone. about to say that's sometimes yeah. the most difficult Which thing it, because you, you can think something but maybe not feel comfortable enough about raising it with them. Exactly that's, that's and especially out. in an office context you know to have the courage to go up and tap a colleague on a shoulder yeah. and, and say to them in the office are you all right yeah. you know and then you know ask again because the inevitable answer to the first question will always be yeah I'm fine yeah. but to actually press again and then maybe leave it a couple of days and invite them for a coffee perhaps think about leaving the office to have a bit more of an open yeah. conversation either outside or in a coffee shop so, especially yeah. when they might be more senior than you and they don't necessarily have to be a partner but our industry is so regimented you're one year's qualified two years qualified mm. and your seniority comes with that that it may be difficult to go up to someone that's maybe slightly more qualified yeah. and you don't want to seem like you're sort of starting the conversation yeah. yeah but I guess that is the cultural change like it happens person by person almost like mm. if everyone's signed up to it not just from the top down but also like within the organization like across mm. the hierarchy like you were saying that probably is the most sustainable way of making an actual change going forwards yeah so I mean I think like having just read through the guidance just as an, a lawyer I think it's just incredibly helpful and gives a really good what well, gives a sense of understanding to the entire like issue across the profession because I think you can end up with these things feeling a bit like oh it's all on me to like mm. fix like mm. the way I feel but actually it is more of a systemic like yeah. issue that yeah. needs to change and it's not just for employers to fix it's for individuals to make sure that they're going to work and you know and they're ready for their day yeah you know it's not just all blaming employers for not looking after their employees that's not what it's about at all it's us all working together yeah. to have that positive working culture and for employers to support their lawyers to encourage them to take lunch away from their desk to encourage them to you know make sure that they leave the office on time to, so that they can go and go to the gym or pick up their children from school or you know do things that make them enjoy their lives better because yeah. you know working in the law is just a job mm. yeah <laughs> yes um, and like in terms of those sort of individual steps that we can be taking 
as lawyers or as future lawyers, what would you say are the most like the most important things to you or the things that have helped you the most in terms of your personal well-being, just like small steps that you're taking, practical stuff? Um, I We could probably do a whole podcast on mindfulness and what it means and all the definitions, but I, to me, I take it as a sort of element of self-awareness yeah. and to really think and reflect on what it is that you're doing that makes you feel good, that makes you feel bad and all those sorts of things. So uh, one that I sort of jokingly mentioned earlier was just that I have started, as of 2020, no caffeine after lunch because I found myself uh, trying to get to sleep at night and I could feel my heart going and I wasn't sleeping. And of course, at that moment, you start thinking about all the stuff you have to do tomorrow and what you maybe haven't done that day and that's when the stress happens. And mm-hmm. so if you can cut out small things that will relieve stresses, then yeah. yeah. Really For the record, Ollie refused to have a cup of tea. <laughs> and it is I'm sat here with my water. So, <laughs> so just when you listen back to this in like a few weeks' time, you'll be inspired by your mm. former self. Yeah, no, I think that's a good one. Just like small, like sort of recognizing, like you said, that element of self awareness where you're just observing, like, what are the things that make you feel good and what are the things that like sometimes make you feel worse, but you're sort of just used to doing them anyway. Yeah. Um, things like checking your email right before you go to sleep like that's been a big one for me of like when I was a trainee I used to like wake up in the middle of the night if I was awake I'd like check my phone (laughs) and it's just like stuff like that is just you learn over time through like trial and error because you won't go back to sleep if you see the email you'll then start thinking about it (laughs) you will be up on your laptop at 3am for no reason um, say so Kaylee, what like what are your yeah things? following on from your point I think there's also evidence to suggest that even being able to see your phone on the desk yeah. actually heightens your sort of anxiety levels so for me I don't have my phone in the bedroom and the love of my life is my Lumi alarm clock <laughs> um, which... I was about to say alarm but if you've got the alarm <laughs> oh, clock then you've the got Lumi, it sorted the Lumi alarm they clock so is a game changer in the alarm clock yeah. sector um, I feel like I should be sponsored by them I cannot <laughs> yeah. rave about it enough podcasters the, um, <laughs> yeah the sunset and sunrise function yes. is just it will change the, your life like, the really only well. <laughs> way to wake up in the yeah. morning and when I ever stay away from home and I haven't got the loomy and I wake up and it's dark I'm like how do people yeah. get out of bed with no light Ollie, our, our yeah. blinds actually broken so <laughs> it's always light in the mornings <laughs> it's a natural sunrise yeah exactly what time are you getting up <laughs> yeah too busy at work to actually do, do some handiwork around the home so I haven't fixed it yet Um, but I yeah I'd really encourage that you know keep your phone out of the bedroom Mm. for me is a big one because even if even if I know it's there if I wake up in the night like you I will want to look at it because I'll think oh gosh if I don't what could be there Mm. there's no need for me to look at it Um, and that's personal phone or work phone Um, but also I think the other big thing for me is making sure you take time for yourself and making sure that you say no if there's something that someone's asked you to do that you don't necessarily want to do, but maybe you feel like you should. Mm. Um, and that's my big thing for 2020 is I am terrible at immediately saying yes because I feel guilty before I've even replied that I must say yes because somebody's asked me to do something so they clearly want me to do it. Mm-hmm. So I get the guilt and say yes without actually stepping back and thinking do I really want to do this? So I'm challenging myself in 2020 to ask myself, do I really want to do this before I say yes to anything? That's definitely, I'd say, a tip for junior lawyers as well. There's um, an instinct to say yes to taking on Mm. everything that anyone asks you to do, but Mm. actually you can end up 
it, it ends up being less helpful if you know you've got three things to do by a deadline of four o'clock tomorrow. If someone asks you to do something else by then, and you tell them at two o'clock the next afternoon, sorry, I haven't started it yet, they're actually in more trouble than had yeah, you just yeah. been honest yeah. at the start. Yeah. Right. So. yeah, I think actually one of the things that's helped me the most because I like try and do a lot of things in my free time, um, and one of the things that's like helped me the most is priorities like knowing what is number one priority like number one priority is my job okay so that comes first above everything else number two is this so that comes first above Mm. other things and then being able to kind of like structure things in my head of like this is number one this is number two this is number three and that again makes it easier to set boundaries and say like this isn't actually on my priority list at Mm. all so I'm not even going to do that or I'm not going to say yes to that um yeah yeah I do that sometimes but I feel um that it can be slightly I feel almost bad doing it when I when someone asks me to do something and you think Mm. My what gain or what pro- you know? What gain am <laughs> yeah, I getting yeah, from yeah. this? And uh, you feel bad having those thoughts, but you just you don't have enough. Feel yeah. Bad. yeah, you just don't have yeah. enough time. You can't feel say Yeah, and also like that person needs someone who's like if they, if someone asks you to do something like speak at an event or like do a thing like write a thing or whatever, they need someone who's also like sort of giving it their yeah. all and not doing it yeah. like on the side because mm-hmm. they feel guilty like they sort of need someone who's and like and most of the time they would feel awful if they knew if they you knew. were only saying yeah. yes because yeah. you felt you had to so actually put yourself in the other person's shoes yeah. of the person who's asking the question yeah um, that can yeah. sometimes be quite helpful yeah, yeah. Um, alright let's think about something more positive <laughs> than <laughs> boundaries than setting your boundaries um, what about maybe this isn't positive I don't know what about the future of the legal profession where do you guys think it's going what are, what are some of the most important trends for junior lawyers to be thinking about and maybe like tr- okay you can say like trends as in like where you think the industry is going or maybe like what are the skills that you think junior lawyers need um, given all the networks that I get involved in I'm obviously slightly biased but I think a junior lawyer needs to start to get ahead in, in the career, um, to start as early as they can, getting involved with all the sorts of networks that they can, get out networking, practice on, uh, sort of try and build up your skill sets. So if you have a public speaking opportunity, definitely do that. If you have an opportunity to write for um, you know, another article for anyone, definitely get involved in that. All those extras are, I think, going to be really, really important as the career develops. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you're just trying to sell your <laughs> sell your services. Join the networking exactly, groups. But exactly. no, I think it is true. And I think you probably underestimate it when you're a junior lawyer because you think, like, I've just got to do the things that are on my list, like my work, mm. and just be really good at my job, which obviously is a, is a priority. But there's also all the other stuff that helps to build your career as you go forwards, and that's in, like, the networking and getting to know other mm. people and sort of understanding a yeah. bit more about... Yeah. yeah. And networking is, is internal and external. So... Yeah. If you're building up your networking skills, then you maybe will get the seat you want in your um, training contract. You'll maybe get the NQ role that you want. And even after that, going up up those three sort of ranks, um, yeah, networking very much is internal as well. So you've got to, whatever sort of role you're in, you've got to be aware of it. Yeah. And like, what do you think are the kind of skills that networking actually gives people? Um... So, well, the confidence is obviously mm. quite important. So that translate all these skills are in, entirely transferable. So the confidence when you're picking up the phone to a client, um, are you going to be able to speak to them? Are you going to be comfortable doing so? Um, are you going to be able to speak in a conference? You yeah. know, when you've got a client and three other people in a room, are you going to be able to run that meeting? All those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, by going to an event, that's going to help. Also, frankly, uh, as simple as you may well meet partners and or senior people at other firms that may be 
a future job opportunity. Um, obviously, bringing work into the firm is vital, um, and that will help you progress uh, throughout your career. So, all those, all those mm. different elements. Yeah. Um, Kaylee, what do you reckon? So, we've heard, I guess, lots over the last 12, 18, 24 months about sort of the changing nature of law with technology, the way clients are changing how they want legal services to be delivered. So I think lawyers need to be adaptable in order to stay ahead, but I think junior lawyers and those coming into the profession would really benefit from kind of keeping their ear to their ground, making sure they know up-and-coming changes, what the way in which clients are looking to sort of challenge their lawyers and what they want from their lawyers now. Mm. Um, I think that's changed even since we probably started out, you know, there's much more pressure from clients now around how they want their lawyers to be. They want them to be part of their business. They want them to know everything about their tri- what they're trying to do, what they're trying to achieve. You know, they don't just pick up a phone and want an answer out of a textbook. They want you to be sort of embedded within their business and know what they're trying to achieve. So for me, it's kind of, you know, making sure that your, your commercial awareness that we've already mm-hmm. mentioned, that you're kind of up to speed on what's going on in the whole industry yeah. um, and you know what's going on in the industry of your clients. Yeah. Um, so in practical terms, obviously, mm. number one, read Legal Cheek yeah. regularly, every day. <laughs> um, but like what, so yeah, reading industry news, I guess, is yeah. one way. And then what would you say, like talking to other like people in the legal profession? Yeah, the one one thing I do, um, I've set up maybe 10 or 12 Google Alerts. Yes, I was um, going to say Google And I, lo- I love a Google Alert. Yeah, um, So for me, that's always really interesting, particularly where you're seeing people in other jurisdictions talk about things and you're thinking oh that's that's interesting they're doing this in so and so um so yeah google alerts also twitter for me i think social media is a great way to find out what people are talking about mm-hmm. um and there's there's a lot of really good content you can find just from doing a search on twitter or following people who talk about things um so i'd say to get onto social media and find some people who are specialists in your area that are sort of thought leaders and are sharing information on where they think the profession is going yeah yeah you can actually be productive on social media. You can. It's yeah. true. <laughs> you can do it. Um, all right. Final question. Um, what is the single most important piece of advice that you have received during your career path so far? I had. It was a one-liner. It sounds really pithy, but it's been <laughs> fantastic. And it was a great barrister, uh, Andrew Hurst at Tuya Court, and he say, turn around, and he'd just picked up on a really minor point that the other side had made in submissions and he got up and he hammered whatever point it was home and it was a massive win for us and he just turned around and he said know your pieces of paper (laughs) and it sounds so (laughs) ridiculous but the point holds you've got to know for me when I'm building the bundles as a junior there's a sort of when you're just sort of coming up through the, as a trainee and that sort of thing, you can almost put too much reliance on a barrister and you can maybe not go through all the papers as close as you should be. <laughs> but know those pieces of paper inside out yeah. because you never know when you're going to need the smallest detail. Yeah, it's true. Although that's going to be very dated in like 50 years and people will be like, what is know your, of paper? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when you're flicking <laughs> through your iPad. Your yeah. <laughs> page of your, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, Kaylee. I, 
I was thinking back actually to when I was leaving university and I was thinking what advice would I give myself in my shoes back then when I'd written off my career in law because I didn't think I'd be able to get anywhere. Um, and I thought of three things that I would t- say to myself, mm-hmm. which would be be kind to yourself because I clearly wasn't being very kind. Have confidence in your own abilities because I'd done very well at university and I could continue to do very well in the law. And then not compare myself to others. And I think that's something I did regularly, you know, because I went, I didn't go to a red brick university, I automatically assumed that a career in the city would never be for me because it wasn't for people like me. Um, so for me, be kind to yourself, have confidence in your own abilities and don't compare yourself to others. Yeah, I think that's a really good way of summing it up and also something you can carry throughout your career probably the whole way up Mm. all right last final thing do you guys want to recommend any resources for anyone who's listening who's thinking like i want to find out some more about any of the stuff that you talked about or direct people to your (laughs) website or whatever you want to do um you can find so the london young lawyers group and the london young professors network Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn are probably the best places. Both have websites. Sign up to mailing lists, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. There's the young lawyers run events every month and the young professionals every few months. So, so yeah, keep an eye out. And it's everything from educational to networking to things like wellness. And that's nice. I've just got a couple of things. All of the work I've done for the Law Society is on a page on the Junior Lawyers Division website under Resilience and Wellbeing. That's got all of the research reports, the guidance, blogs, webinars, so you can go and find everything there. Um, in terms of, I'm a, also a trustee at Lawcare, as I mentioned at the beginning. Um, Lawcare's website, which is lawcare.org.uk, has got loads of really helpful fact sheets on there um, from things like bereavement to depression bullying at work there's some really good guidance on there they also have a free confidential advice line you can call Monday to Friday that's 0800 279 6888 and they also offer a web chat service on uh, Tuesdays Wednesdays and Thursdays Um, so if you feel like you haven't got anyone to talk to and there's no one at your firm you can reach out to or friends or family, please do pick up the phone or use the web chat service and speak to someone at Lawcare. Um, and Ollie also men- mentioned mindfulness. Um, mm. The Law Society now supports a mindfulness in law group. Um, which yeah, which I'm actually on the committee of. You are. <laughs> I probably should have like, plugged that. <laughs> so I'm going to plug it in. Yeah, um, go on. So we, we meet on the uh, first Tuesday of every month at the Law Society and we practice mindfulness together. It's a really good opportunity, mm. whether you're an experienced mindfulness practitioner or you're someone who just wants to come and dip their toe in the water and see what it's like. Um, it's very relaxed. We have a different person every time running it. Eloise has run one of the sessions mm-hmm. herself. Um, and the next one uh, will probably be at the beginning of February so have a look on the Mindfulness in Law group Twitter, Instagram or LinkedIn page and mm-hmm. you can find out about the future events yeah it's worth doing that It's yeah, even if you just pop in, pop out yeah. and, like see what, see what it's about I think it's a good thing to do so thank you so much guys for coming in thank and you. yeah, we made it <laughs>